We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Well, do you remember, in August, Mike Gottlieb said that Chelsea would not make the Champions League. Yes, you did say that. Um, and now we're... At match fixing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to RotoWire.com/soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Uh, I am Mike Gottlieb, believe it or not. This voice is just a drug-induced haze because uh, I am very sick. And with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Uh, Andrew, I'm going to be leaning on you pretty heavily today. Can you handle that? Yeah, my shoulder's usually pretty heavy during this podcast anyway, so yeah. par for the yep. course. Yep, yep. Now it'll have to be shoulders and voice. So <laughs> uh, I thank you in advance. And if uh, I promise to get to something on Tuesday, today, and I forget... It is because I literally don't know where I am. So uh, definitely just hit me up on Twitter at SportsByGotti to answer any of your specific questions and at Rotowire Andrew for anything that we may have missed. We should right, note Andrew. that you're, that it's more cough or cold medicine drug-induced haze and not a Laramie Tunsil drug-induced haze. That is quite the assumption you're making, but yes, that is, that is, <laughs> that is the correct one. 
Not to be confused with our regular podcast. Correct. Correct. Uh, we will have we will have our bong mask podcast later on this week. But <laughs> we'll stick to uh, fantasy Premier League today. Uh, the title can be won this weekend, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it'll it'll have to happen in the toughest place to get three points. Yeah, yeah I, I I personally don't think they will, but uh, we'll get to that preview of that game later. But just as uh, just something to look out for, especially in season long. Uh, what do you do with players that you know have something to play for now, but will not potentially next week? Yeah, it's a little tough because we have a double game week uh, next week for a number of teams, and most of them have nothing to play for. So the I think, and even based on what we saw in the last double game week of how many players ended up kind of only playing one match, and the ones that we thought would only play one played two, like Sergio Aguero is the one that keeps coming to mind, but. Um, I think we can cross that bridge after what we see what happens this weekend because planning too far ahead, you know, you end up wasting a transfer, um, you know, and a guy could could get hurt and then there's your transfer. So I think in terms of planning for next week, we need to see what happens this week first. Is this a symptom of why you prefer weekly to season long? Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily it. I think it's I've had a little more success in in week or daily or weekly than, than season long only because, um, I don't know what the, what the reason is. Maybe it's because I just don't like to think too far ahead. And with the fantasy premier league game, uh, particularly like the official one, as opposed to ESPN, where you can, you know, ESPN gives you 30, 30 moves per half season, roughly. Uh, so you can kind of make wholesale changes and not get crushed. But in FPL with only two two transfers at the most that you can get in a week without having to take some negative points. I think, uh, yeah, maybe I, I just don't, don't love, uh, looking that far, far ahead, but I appreciate that there are people who are very good at, at scheduling those things out. And, and that's why they're much better at, at the season long game than I am. Mm. Uh, that, that's probably the same reason for me. Uh, I don't, I, I honestly, you know, I'm not thinking too far ahead if I'm, this sick and still deciding to talk for a living. <laughs> so uh, let's let's preview uh, game week 36 here. Uh, the first game, the, there is no very early game, so all of the first slate will be together. I think it's six or five games, six games with the, for the slate, but there's uh, five games starting at 10 o'clock Eastern. First of which we'll preview is Everton at home against Burnmouth. I'm officially done with Burnmouth. Um, I was a big Max Great old Matt Ritchie guy, and even against Everton, who loved to let up goals, especially at home. Uh, I still can't trust the Burnmouth offense. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like Josh Joshua King is the most reliable one, and I'm not sure he's going to start this week because Benica Phobie's back, Callum Wilson's back. Uh, I would be surprised if they started together, but um, there are options there, which means that theoretically those are minutes that, that Josh King has been getting. So uh, I kind of agree with you um, that they're, they're a tough team to target, although – you know, Everton's been so bad this year defensively that it seems like we still have to get some action uh, on from Burnmouth. But but you're right; like the the ones that we've been relying on all season uh, haven't been haven't been great recently. Uh, even uh, Junior Stanislas is back, but uh, they're all in that you know five thousand to at least the midfielders that five thousand to sixty five hundred range. And in this slate, I think you can find. Um, you can find some better values. I mean, Richie's the fifth highest priced player, uh, or I'm sorry, the fifth higher priced midfielder, which uh, 
you know, that's pretty, pretty big for Matt Ritchie. <laughs> it's pretty steep. And uh, I thought you were going to tell me that even Tyrone Mings is back, man. That's quite the roster. <laughs> no, Mings is not back yet. Uh, but yeah, and for the Everton side, you know, Romelu Lukaku, the forward, when we were doing our rankings this week, I noticed that the forwards, there is a significant drop off very early in forwards. Yeah. Um, I think the, the difficulty is, and, and frankly, we have Sergio Aguero as the unanimous number one, and I'm not sure he's going to play, um, because, uh, although I, I've been wrong about that every single time, but he, they played midweek against Real Madrid. They play again, uh, this uh, two or this Wednesday, so they apparently requested a, a Saturday match. Um, requested the Premier League to move their match against Southampton a Saturday, and they were denied. So they they'll play Sunday, Wednesday. So you know, Aguero is our top play, our top forward. But um, if he doesn't play, you know, they're just not um, the matchups for the better uh, plays. You know, Harry Kane's playing against Chelsea, which I know you don't think is is that big of a deal, but. Um, you know, I I do. Uh, he's on that later slate, and then um, you know Jamie Vardy's obviously unavailable. So uh, who knows what Arsenal is going to do up front? Uh, I think Daniel Sturridge on that San- Sunday slate he uh, didn't start against Villarreal on on Thursday, but but you're right, it gets ugly pretty quickly to the point where I have Jermaine Defoe four, and I think when I was doing my rankings, I was actually going to put him higher, and I kind of had this. You're not really going to put Jermaine Defoe that high, are you? And so I essentially knocked him down a little bit. But I mean, that should say that should say enough already. <laughs> Person who was like that for me was Troy Deeney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Deeney. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be on Deeney this week for uh, obviously the reason they're playing uh, home against Aston Villa. But um, let's go, let's go to that game now. Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> well, he's at five thousand on DraftKings, and you can get Jermaine Defoe at fifty one hundred. And frankly, uh, the thir- the sun, or the, excuse me, the Saturday forwards. I mean, those are your uh, options if you don't want to go with Romelu Lukaku. Um, you know, I guess Danny Welbeck is there, but it's weird to have the slate sixty eight hundred. Um, or I'm sorry, Alexis is at seventy four, and then uh, everyone else is under seven thousand, and most are under six. But uh, it's I think this is the first time all season where people are going to Dini instead of Odiani Gallo, which is understandable. I mean, Igalo has, has really struggled, but Dini really hasn't been that great either. Um, he had a, a goal in the FA Cup, which obviously doesn't count in our Premier League uh, standing. So uh, if, I mean, if you look at the two of them kind of equally struggling and equally able to to score two or three times, then, you know, you take the one that's 600 bucks che- cheaper, which is Dini. But uh, I wonder if Igalo is kind of the better differential play because because he's more expensive. I think I have a better differential play than both. Okay. On my roster later on when we do our DraftKings lineups. Uh, but uh, just a bigger uh, bigger picture, taking a step back here, Watford have only won three times in the second half of the season, mm. and Aston Villa have lost 10 straight. <sighs> yeah, something's got to give, or it's a 0-0 draw, <laughs> which I, I don't think is going to be the case. I mean, um, we've seen... Um, a few players on Aston Villa kind of give a little effort. Uh, I will con- keep going back to Jordan Ayew, but uh, I mean, Watford, there's got to be something coming out of this game. I, I don't think either team's good enough to, to shut the other one out completely. So uh, Aston Villa scoring twice against Southampton last week gave me a little more confidence in them. Although beyond Ayew, I feel like it's kind of a crapshoot. So let me, let me pose a scenario for you. 
a manager has secured a team's first ever successive seasons, like two consecutive seasons in the top flight. That manager is rumored to be getting fired. <laughs> Can you name that manager? Um, I'm trying to think of who even came up last year. Is it Neil? Oh, no, he came up this year. Um, no, who no, is no, it? No, it would be this year and next year. So his team is safe. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, Alex, or I guess he's not safe. Um, I don't know. Who is it? Kike Sanchez Flores. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I did uh, see that the other day. That's kind of weird. Um, yeah. But I, granted, um, they've been awful. <laughs> it, well, it's such it's a, a pretty recency bias. It's, there. It's, what have you done for me lately? Yes. Thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a great term, by the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that from you. Recency bias. I stole um, that from somebody else. Um, there are a bunch of people who like that term. Not important. Not important. <laughs> um, but the recency bias against Kike Sanchez Flores is a little bit unfair. Uh, remember, this is his first year with the club as well. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't really have his guys. And well, let's see what he can do with like a full a full recruiting season over the summer and trying to get his, his team the way he wants it to look for all 38 games next season. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. But that doesn't always happen in the Premier League, so uh, we'll 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 see what happens. But let's move on to uh, some of the let's, let's move on to the two northeastern clubs that are struggling to stay up. Uh, we'll start off with Newcastle, who are still set to go down currently. They are at home against Crystal Palace. Um, if Crystal Palace play like they can, Newcastle doesn't have a chance. Problem is, Crystal Palace doesn't play like they can most of the time. <laughs> yeah, they they're a very weird team. Um, they're st- starting to get pretty much everyone back. Wilfred Zaha is banged up. I think he was 50-50 to play. So um, there's that. Connor Wickham is now fully fit, but uh, there's just not... Uh, but he's you know, still Connor Wickham. Yeah. We just haven't seen the big game that kind of we all know that they're on paper capable of. Um, Yoan Kabai has been a pretty steady fantasy option recently, um, although he's kind of been declining as it happened, he only played uh, 66 minutes last week, but the... Didn't Mike Ashley once call him Johan Kebab? <laughs> Maybe I, I missed that one, but a little bit of a Kabai uh, revenge game? No, back to Newcastle? Yeah, that's, that's exactly where I was going with that. Yeah, the Pardue Kabai revenge game. Um, Kebab. 5,800 uh, is, is more than I want exposure to that game. Newcastle have been um, better defensively than they were when Rafa took over. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean they're a great unit, but um, they're definitely better. And so if you're talking about them up against a struggling Crystal Palace side, uh, I'm not sure uh, I'm expecting kind of a big Crystal Palace output. And so I'd rather f- try to find some value elsewhere. I have two questions around this game out. One, is Andros Townsend the best option from this game? Uh, that's looking pretty much pretty uh, between him and Balassi, mm-hmm. and maybe Punchin. But secondly, is the best forward in this game not going to start lo- most likely in Mitrovic? In Mitrovic, um, I think Townsend is the best fantasy option from this game. The sixty-one hundred on DraftKings is is pretty expensive for you know if he doesn't score, uh, you're looking at you know, 12 points, 13 points in that range, which um, for 6,100 is is a bit pricey. Uh, I mean, that's essentially the, the Matt Ritchie uh, area. I would, 
you know, I think Kabai at 58 might be slightly better play. Um, and then there are other guys kind of in the, in those ranges, but the, um, the Mitrovic thing, it's weird. Um, but you know, if he's not going to start, we're not going to, there's no reason to even really discuss it because, you know, he's not going to provide anything off. You're not going to start him off the bench, but on the flip side, you're also, I, I would have no interest in starting Papi Cisse or Aozi Perez. So, no, Perez can get some crosses if he plays out wide, but it, I mean, the ceiling is low. Yeah, theoretically he can, but he he still doesn't send in that many. It'll be two or three at the most. Poppy, I mean, people are going to pick Poppy Cisse if he starts because he's thirty seven hundred bucks on DraftKings, and you know if you get a goal, you're fine. But if you don't, I mean, you're paying thirty seven hundred for two or three points, which uh, I don't know. I, I prefer a, which a you little bit. Who's on a defender at that price range? <laughs> at the utility spot. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, that with the crosses you can get. You can get more from that. So, yeah, um, I, I I feel like I would prefer to go with. Uh, and I'm looking at at Cisse's range. A hundred bucks more gets you Benicophobia if he starts. Uh, this Mami Diouf is the same price. Salomon Rondon is two hundred bucks more. Like those are guys I would prefer to have than than uh, Papi Cisse even at home. Speaking of Juf, uh, his Stoke City side are at home against the other Northeast team that are currently. Out of uh, out of the relegation zone mm-hmm. in Sunderland, uh, Big Sam, who has never been relegated, uh, fulfilling his promise so far. Um, for this game, you know Stoke look like they're 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 checked out. Uh, the 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 level of try, the level of want, the level of desire in this team, it, it it's it looks like it's the reason why Barcelona gave up on all those players. <laughs> that's an interesting uh that's an interesting point the um the 12 goals allowed in in three games is is a lot <laughs> i mean that's uh and i think they've only scored one in that span the uh DraftKings weather has uh four raindrops so we're going to talk about a rainy afternoon in stoke but <laughs> the great the great equalizer that's right um but yeah they they've been so bad i, I would have no problem taking like I feel like this game um, would play out exactly the same uh, fantasy wise, like the guys that you would target if it was at Sunderland. Like that's how much I don't think playing at Stoke matters. So I I have a few guys from this game only because uh, you know one team is playing very well, or at least well for them, and the other one has been getting blasted. So yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. With I'm with you. Uh, I, I think this is Sunderland all the way. I think they continue their charge towards staying in the league, and I think they actually have a chance to extend um, extend their advantage against Norwich, who have a tough matchup going to Arsenal this week, but we'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also mentioned uh, Solomon Rondo, and let's round out the 10 o'clock slate with that. Uh, this is also the slate we'll be doing our DraftKings lineups later on. So West Brom are at home against West Ham. Um, like, <laughs> just just when uh, I think I made the point on Tuesday, uh, Kyle Martino said, "You know, when you absolutely need a win, the last thing you want to run into is a Tony Pulis-led team." Mm-hmm. And West Ham need wins if they want to even think about qualifying for Champions League or whatever their aspirations are. Uh, they they need three points, and this is not a team that you need that you need three points against to get three points. Uh, I agree. Especially when you let up goals all the time, which West Ham do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily think there's any 
real discussion about a clean sheet, but the um, I think they can win, um, and I think that they can score. So uh, this is another one. I have no problem playing anybody from either from team. West Ham. I have no problem playing people against on either team. Not maybe Rondon. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe not Rondo because uh, it could be Barahino. Who knows? Even though he wasn't in the eighteen last week, um, it's just because Rondon also it's either fourteen points as he scores a goal or zero. Yeah, the the Rondon floor. Uh, it could be negative. <laughs> it could be yeah. To get cards. Yeah, or foul people and. Yeah, but he's yeah, physical, the he's a physical big guy, so he's sure. gonna he's gonna get fouls. Yeah, the. I mean, your boy James McLean, I think, is the is the most playable option. I disagree. Um, I have another boy in this game that is the most playable option. For West Brom? Yep. Wow. Um, well, sorry, most playable for West Brom. The most playable person in this game is Dimitri Payet, and it's not close. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but So who's the West Brom guy, or are you saving that for later? I'll, say, I'll save it for later. That, that, that's what we call an old-fashioned radio tease. I'm sure people are hanging on and they can't just uh, fast forward to usually the point where we get to um... <laughs> keyword daily dose. The, um, <laughs> the difficulty I have with West Ham is I'm not sure who's going to start up front. We've seen uh, Diafra Sacco slot back in. Carroll's been playing well enough that he should start. He's got um, five goals in his last three games. Yeah. Enter Valencia um, is fit. So like... Are those guys like? How do you choose amongst those guys? I think it's a great problem to have. I, I think a lot of clubs would love to have it. Would you play any of them though? Oh uh, yeah, you would. I would. Even against this Tony Pulis defense that you keep lauding. Oh, I know who the player is now that I'm going through my game logs here. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you'll find out later because I definitely have players from both of these teams. Okay. But uh, I, I did mention Norwich before. They do travel to Arsenal. This is the 12-30 game on Saturday. Uh, this rounds out the entire slate of games that we will be doing for our Daily Dose, uh, on, contrary to what I said about five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, but this is a bad time to go to Arsenal uh, for Norwich. Uh, this, is not what they, this is not what they need right now. Correct. Uh, I think this is going to be all Arsenal. Uh, I have a few players in this one. The... Squad rotation is certainly possible. Alexi Wolby has been a really popular option for people uh, of late just because he keeps being relatively underpriced. Uh, he's had, I mean, basically one good game, fantasy game in his last three. But uh, it seems like the perfect opportunity to kind of throw Theo Walcott back in. Ox. Uh, I think Ox is still a little banged up, uh, but... Um, there's Jack another, Wilshire. I was going to say Jack Wilshire. I wouldn't be surprised to get a start only because Aaron Ramsey's been playing so badly. Um, so I hope that uh, Danny Who Welbeck start for Ramsey for El Nene. Oh, no, oh, okay. Yeah, Ramsey and El Nene. I mean, excuse me, El Nene and Wilshire will be yeah in that kind of holding midfield spot. Wilshire basically playing in Cazorla's spot, um, where Ramsey has been. Um, but yeah, Ramsey's just been awful. And so I see no reason not to, to give Wilshire a start. He had he played a number of under twenty one matches. He came off the bench last week, so it's not like he it's not like last week was his first kind of action. Um I mean, it was his first Premier League action, but uh I think he's he should be good enough to start. And I think they want to get him as men, as many minutes as possible before the season ends so that he has a shot at making Euros. Um and I hope Welbeck 
gets back in over Olivier Giroud, who uh, has been starting recently and still can't score. So I yeah, think I it's some think, sort of French it, conspiracy to get him ready for Euros. With your I don't Arsene think Giroud Wenger. will be there next season. I think they need a legitimate replacement first. Yeah, I think the big problem that you guys are going to have is from Bayern Munich. For for who? Alexis. They want him. Oh. I, I mean, your big problem. Alexis is letting, I mean, selling Alexis doesn't equal keeping Giroud. Well, my point is, is that can you be in the business of letting forwards go when your best one leaves? I, I guess they're kind of, I mean, he's, I see what you mean, but they're, they're different players. I agree. I agree. One's good and one isn't. <laughs> I think they're fine. I mean, not that Danny Welbeck is like fantastic, but I, I don't think um, what Giroud brings can't be replicated by Welbeck. Enough. I, I, I 100% agree. Uh, on the Norwich side, I think it's Robbie no. Gray, and that's it. No, not even? <laughs> I'm not even sure it does, just with the way, with how much Arsenal likes to have possession, that I'm not sure they're going to get enough for him to get the crosses to make him worthy of 6,500. And that's a lot for that is a lot. possibly, you know, you need you need him. So maybe I, tackles and stuff like that because he won't have the ball. He does, he, he does other things, but. They're not enough. Um, Correct. Correct. I so, agree. I mean. Not at that price. Right. At that price, you, you need him to send in, unless he scores, which theoretically is it's always possible, but. I think he uh, takes the penalties if that would happen. Um, I guess, yeah. And Arsenal's always kind of iffy on set pieces, but if which Norwich only. Set yeah. If, if Norwich only have the ball 35% of the time. That's just not enough to, for him to get the 16 crosses you need to justify 6,500 plus anything else. All great points. Uh, let's let's move on, though. Uh, Swansea are at home taking on Liverpool, who must feel pretty gutted after letting up that extra time goal to Adrian mm. via Real in the Europa. Uh, so traveling to Swansea, I'm sure, is exactly what they don't want to do. <laughs> uh, I would anticipate to see a lot of squad rotation. Yeah, I totally I'm, agree. I'm thinking like 10 changes. Something. Yeah, uh, we've seen it before um, with, uh, you know, we saw Connor Randall and um, I can't remember if it's Adam Smith or Brad Smith now that I've started to say that but um i think you'll see jordan i um ojo i mean those are the kind of guys that play when you're playing three days after europa and they play villarreal again next week uh, at anfield so there should be some pretty solid values from from that liverpool side and sturridge did not um didn't play did he play at all on thursday he definitely didn't start so well uh, no because ben teke came on yeah so um I assume I, I he'll start that one, and he'll be the top option. Sturge, I don't think Sturridge will play. I think Sturridge may come on maybe in the second half or something in this one, but I don't think he's going to play a full 90 here. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he played at least 60, if he started and played at least 60, if they're thinking of having him play Thursday. I feel like you can't have him not miss. I mean, you can't have him miss two That's straight fair. games and then go That's and fair. play Europa. So That's fair. And against Swansea, I mean, I'll happily take that. But, I mean, you have to love Gilfie Sigurdsson in this game too. It depends on the line that the Liverpool puts out there, but if it's wholesale changes, then yeah, you have to. Oh, I mean, what what top options from Liverpool make you think they're going to be defensively sound? <laughs> well, I think the Mamadou Sako situation really hurts. For sure. I, I mean, he's definitely out. So, well, I, I, I'm wondering if he's done on Liverpool. Uh, I mean, he might. He's he's certainly done for the season. He's yeah, got a thirty-day suspension, days. so you're right. Yeah, so it, it's thirty days until they decide how how much longer it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Was it a FIFA suspension? 
UEFA. So is he out for Euros? Uh, it's mean, a good question. The he 30 days is, is before Euros starts, but... He wouldn't play anyway for France. Oh, that's true. That's true. I don't know why even... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's any reason to think the Swansea, all of the Swansea guys you would consider, which is Gilfie Sigurdsson, because Leroy Fair is out, um, why you wouldn't play him home against Liverpool. I think Pelosi's Pelos- uh, out as well. So we could theoretically see... IU lead the line. I don't think Gomis is really that close to, to playing, but... I don't either. Yeah. It also doesn't matter to me if yeah. he does. Right, yeah, exactly. But my my big... Uh, so with Chelsea being so bad this season, I've really been, uh, you know, kind of uh, gearing up for the Euros this summer, and all of my early analysis points to France. Yeah, I mean... But, and going back to Sacco, like, he wouldn't even come close to playing. I mean, the starting two is most likely going to be uh, Emeric Laporte and uh, uh, it could be even Rafael Varane. It could be a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But they are young, they are quick, they are good. I mean, they're, a, they're on paper, they're arguably the best team in the world. And I think they could do that even without Ribery. And Benzema. Well, definitely not Benzema. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're very, very good. Um, but that's never been... France's problem. Um, I mean, on paper, the Netherlands are very good too, and they're not on the paper for your for Euros this summer. So, um, very well said. Yeah. All right, but let's let's get back to what's on paper for the uh, for the Premier League, and this is the game that everyone's going to talk about uh, on Sunday at fourteen oh five European time. So I guess that's eleven here, eleven oh five. That will be Manchester United at home against. Uh, Hopefully, well, title contending now officially, uh, Leicester. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is going to be one hell of an atmosphere, and all and for all the wrong reasons at, at Old Trafford. If you if you had told them at the beginning of the season, the title could be decided game week thirty six at home against Leicester. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought that. Uh, Wayne Rooney had 20 goals by now. Yeah. Uh, I think I actually thought that he would have <laughs> this season. I remember I ranked him very highly. Yep. Um, and Memphis Depay would be 15 and 15. The It's a weird matchup. I mean, we've kind of been saying this the whole time, that Manchester United are the best defensive team at home. By uh, a large margin. Yes. And Leicester e- have proven they will score at any time against anybody, but this is literally the toughest challenge they'll have all season. And they'll know that they can get three points next week at home. I mean, obviously you don't want to, you, you can't possibly go into the match thinking, forget this one. We'll just go win it next week. Cause then you'll lose next week. They could also back into it too. They could, they because could. Chelsea could beat Spurs. Right. Um, I think they still need a point though. I think they need at least one because it's only, isn't it only six right now? Uh, it's it's five points currently. Oh, sorry, you're right. Six, sorry, you're right. Yeah, so they they need sorry. a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. It's seven. Oh, it's seven. Okay. Um, sorry, it's seven points. They have seventy six. Spurs have sixty nine. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, that being said, I think you could avoid this game completely. I mean, Le- Leicester here, Manchester United. I'm, I, I, are Manchester United going to try to attack Leicester? That's the question. This team is so perfectly set up for Mourinho to take over, by the way. 
when, mm-hmm. you, think, when mm-hmm. you look at like, oh, they're the best defensive team at home. That 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 is a Jose Mourinho team, isn't it? For sure. Um, it's like he built it. Exactly. I mean, with Schneiderlin and Schweinsteiger, and theoretically Carrick in that double pivot, like. I don't think <clears throat> Carrick will be there next season. Um, I, I mean, less, less. If Manchester United try to attack Leicester, Leicester can score. If Manchester United just say, "Come, uh, we're going to sit back. You you try and score," uh, I think they'll have a difficult day without Vardy. Yeah, I think this is going to be. I mean, theoretically, if Manchester United is like, "Let's go attack them," does that matter? Yeah, because Leicester are much better on playing on the counter attack than they are dictating. They can do both. All right, right, but that's what I'm saying. If they're comfortable having a team attack them, and Manchester United is a team that we're saying is deciding to attack, but they're not. If they were that great at it, they'd they'd have a lot more goals this year. So, like, doesn't that play right into Leicester's hands? Leicester saying, yes, come attack us. Because then they can just... It's so weird. We we haven't seen a team like Leicester in a long time (laughs) in the Premier League where um, it's two or three passes and they're behind you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, it's like you have to attack Leicester consistently for them to do what they do. And by the way, uh, my wife and I, on a side note, we are learning Spanish together. And uh, when she when she heard Danny Drinkwater's name, she goes, she just went "Bebe Agua," and I'm like, "Oh, that's perfect." <laughs> he should go with his uh, his Spanish translation of his last name. Nice. So um, I'm going to see if I can find any other players like that as well. And <laughs> as they come by, I'll mention them on this podcast because it's, <laughs> it's really stupid. But um, Manchester United, though. Would you would no. you dare start any defenders for either side? Um, I that's a good question. Um, the Manchester United defenders, I, I think Valencia might be worth a shot uh, if he starts because uh, he sends in a decent number of crosses and, like we said, they'll they'll have the ball. But they might they potentially may have the ball that's not a guarantee that's not what i'm saying i'm saying they they may decide to have the ball they may not well well they lester's not going to take the ball lester's not going to go hold for 65% they they do love out shooting and out scoring people with under 35% possession right so if if united have the possession uh, i which i think they will uh, valencia makes sense to me um Mar- marcos rojo on the other side doesn't doesn't cross enough for me and they don't you just none of those defenders do enough uh, Fuchs continues to be really expensive and you're kind of paying for assists which is a is a crapshoot most weeks and particularly against that for multiple seasons now right so um, I think this I think this game has the best double clean sheet potential of the Sunday Monday slate so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against picking defenders in FPL because you need the clean sheet bonuses. But in terms of DraftKings with with attacking upside, I, w- I would completely fade this game. Uh, another game that I think we'll see wholesale changes is Manchester City traveling to Southampton. Manchester City need to get prepared for Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may see a lineup similar to what they put out against Chelsea in the uh, I believe it was the FA Cup. Or- <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that bad. Um, well, considering that David Silva's injured, uh, Sergio Aguero has played a lot recently. 
Uh, Yaya Torre is who he is. Um, and injured. <laughs> or banged exactly. up, at least. And banged up. Uh, Jesus Navas was uh, was gimping around a little bit during mm-hmm. the game against Real Madrid. Uh, it just... I think you'll see a very different Manchester City team. I think the team we see will be the team that I thought we were going to see last week. So I think Sterling will start. Um, God, does he look terrible? I think, yeah. I think they need uh, Navas to start. Uh, Kalechi Iannaccio, I think, will definitely start. Uh, you may see Wilfred Boney. Uh, Fabian Delph, I think, will start. Um, and then in the back, they've kind of used... Uh, Gael Clichy in the Champions League and Kolarov in the Premier League, which works out perfectly for us. And then Zabaleta, I think, will start this week with Sanya on Wednesday. And I think that's what you'll see. So you'll have to figure out whether... Uh, I mean, Sterling won't be worth paying up for, whatever it is. I haven't looked at the Sunday prices, but um, Fabian Delph, maybe. I think a lot of people will be on Navas just because that's the name, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went in without Aguero. I think, I think most people will be on the Southampton names. Okay. Uh, I think, especially when you look at how Shane Long's been playing, Graziano Pele, Dusan Tadic, even Sadio Mane is scoring now. Yep. I, I, I think that those are the names that you'll see, uh, especially for differential plays, but even in uh, cash games or head-to-head games. I think you'll see more of those names. Yeah, we have a, it's kind of a, a weird schedule is the, making it even worse that uh, the well, first the game City on the road who that, that means something well yeah um the first game is at 7 a.m so we'll get to see the liverpool um squad rotation but this game isn't until 11 30 eastern and so if there's a wholesale you know if you prepare for wholesale changes for man city and they don't happen you're in a heap of trouble because you know you can't you're not going to pay down from Sterling to Sadio Mane because they're around, you know, all those guys are around the same price. Aguero is the only one that, that will give you a, a discount elsewhere. I guess Kolarov too, but uh, you're stuck is the, is the biggest problem. So uh, I don't know if uh, Manuel Pellegrini's press conference is literally going on right now as we're, as we're chatting. So we don't have any, um, he hasn't said whether um, people are going to play or not, but um, the, if you plan on the wholesale changes, it's almost like you need to use the use the guys who usually start in there and essentially end up with money left on the table just because uh, you can't get stuck the other way. Yeah, uh, definitely, without a doubt. I actually think if you want, uh, you know, I think you may, yeah, I would say you definitely should pay for Sterling and then just prepare for a lineup change. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yep. I think Iannaccio should get the start, though, and he's been very good recently. A game that will mean next to nothing for Chelsea. Oh, well, it should mean next to nothing, uh, but apparently it's going to mean everything to them because they don't want to see Spurs win the title, which to me is a huge problem to say that publicly. Um, we still haven't figured out why. Well, just because it's probably another London team, but my, my point, my point here is this is a dangerous statement when you have teams openly saying we would do you know you know like we just we really just don't want this one specific like the, this team that's contending to win um uh, uh, especially because they play the team that they're contending against <laughs> so it, it's 
it, it can open yourself up to things that you don't want, especially because I'm not saying this is happening. So please, this is not that I'm not saying that this is actually happening, but it does open up to Matt. I'm sure the match fishing people will be uh, watching Chelsea very carefully now. <laughs> I wish uh, August Mike Gottlieb could hear April Mike Gottlieb. I, I this, is how, this is where it's gotten. Well, if you remember, in August, Mike Gottlieb said that, that Chelsea would not make the Champions League. Yes, you did say that. Um, and now we're at match fixing. <laughs> it's a nice, uh, nice smooth descent. Mm. Uh, but uh, on the positive side for Chelsea, they won their third straight FA Youth Cup under 18. I think it's also like five out of the last eight. Yeah. So uh, you would think that a lot of the, that, that would be a great pipeline into the first team you'd still be thinking it's not true. <laughs> it's yeah. If I had the cricket sound, I would have used it. Yeah. It's unbelievable to me. Um, and there are a lot of good players there. I really do hope that Conte, the incoming manager, does mean what he says. That, uh, that's not even a turn of phrase. Uh, I, I really hope that he, he's honest in his convictions to, to start the youth and to really develop the youth system and focus on that instead of trying to overpay for people on the transfer market good luck with that uh but chelsea play spurs uh Eden hazard looked good last week mm-hmm. uh Diego costa did not no spurs look bad against west brom but i mean they hit the post a couple times so it's not like there's just an inch this way or an inch that way the game's completely different uh here's another tricky one if if Leicester win the title on Sunday, do Spurs use all? Of, do, is it a trippier game? Do they just forget about everybody and start Sun That's... and uh, Chadley's going to start for Delhi Alley anyway? But do we see? Is there any reason for them to play? No. Nope. Especially with Euros coming up. So. Right. Nope. So that's another one. If you're playing that Sunday Monday slate, there's a you know. There's the potential that this game means not only does it mean nothing, it's especially deflating for Spurs. Right, right. Because I mean, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, this was Spurs' chance to win the title. Mm-hmm. With the three big clubs all beneath them. Yes. They still didn't win. Yep. They'll be optimistic that they can do it next year as if. Yeah, and you know who just... else will be optimistic and who is gaining a lot? Who's going to be gaining a lot of money next year in the same city? All oh well, everybody. West Ham and I know you're going to say West Ham because that stadium, but it's going to be all of them. I mean, they're, they're yeah. going to see that West Leicester Ham's is going to win it with so few points that people people are underestimating the impact of what's going to happen with West Ham next year. Yeah, and maybe Sunderland's the next Leicester. <laughs> uh, okay, moving on. DraftKings, please. Yes. So uh, we have our daily dose where we are doing the Saturday slate, which is six games total, five from 10 o'clock, one at 12.30. I'm going to ask you to start this week because I need to take a drink of water. Okay. Um, I'm going right to that Sunderland-Stoke match, but um, I actually have a few guys on both sides. I have Vito Minoni in goal. Um, He's made uh, 17 saves in the last three games, which is pretty solid and only given he's working on back-to-back clean sheets so i paired him with deandre yedlin who looks like um the player where we all thought he would be he's 
fantasy upside is not humongous, but I think against Stoke, he'd be able to, to get more forward. Uh, I have Eric Peters on the other side at 35. He's back from suspension. He was $4,300 um, before the suspension, 4600 even before that. So uh, for 1000 bucks less, I'll happily take him. And then I have 3800 for Simon Francis, who um, will continue to play outside and is crossing the ball significantly more than Charlie Daniels, and he has assists in two of his last three. So I also have Peters at 3500 uh, I went a different route for goaltender and for defense. I stacked up on Watford because they were at home against Aston Villa, and Aston Villa aren't exactly powerhouses anywhere, but especially mm-hmm. not on the road. Yep. Uh, so I have Aurelio Gomez in goal at 4000 which is a little expensive for me, but it is Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. I also took both Nathan Ake and Alan Neom, mm-hmm. uh, both of whom are not guaranteed to start, mm-hmm. but uh, their replacements are less expensive. So I'm I was going to say Paredes at 2700 is pretty good. Yeah, Paredes, by the way, means walls. Uh, <laughs> look, uh, his, his name is John Carl Walls. Mm-hmm. If he was an NBA center. John Wall? John Walls, really? Yeah, well, John Carl Walls, like like uh, like Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Hey. This is what happens in week 36. Especially, especially in my condition. Mm. And uh, I have the most playable West Bromwich Albion player at 4,000, mm-hmm. Craig Dawson. Craig Dawson, yeah. As soon as I went to that defender list and I saw Dawson, I thought, oh, wait, that's the guy. That yeah. is the guy. Yep. He scored twice last week. That's great. Well, yeah, only once for his own team. That's correct. <laughs> but even with the own goal, he still had 17 points. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Good shot. And, and if you look at his game logs, I mean – even in the game, his fewest cross total was the game where he scored 17 points. He had three. Right, right. But he's had, but he's had two games with uh, eight and nine, and then he had a game with four crosses and eight points. Still, he's, he, he will play defense. Mm-hmm. He does get stuff done. Uh, that's why I think he's the most startable West Bromwich Albion player. So that's a grand total of four defenders and a goalkeeper for me. Wow. I, I, I spent my money elsewhere. Okay, let's hear midfield. I have Wabi Kazri at 5,700. I have Andros Townsend at 6,100. I don't think that's too expensive in this game. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, a guy who I think has been very undervalued at Ben Watson at 3,800. Yeah, Watford have been crossing over the lot. Watson. Um, and the opponent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Watson didn't play last week, but that doesn't necessarily mean he won't slot back in. But yeah, 3,800 is pretty good if he gets a start. I, I, have to, I have to take the chance at 3,800. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Morales, by the way, is also 3,800. He may play. There's other options around. Yeah, I went, or was that all of yours? Uh, I only have three. Oh, okay. Um, I went with Adeline Guediora, who is at 3,300 and has been uh, starting in the midfield also. He has 15 crosses in the last three games, so it's not a ton, but um, he does win a few tackles and, and stuff like that, so I'm hoping that he plays enough he's only played 45 66 and 57 minutes in the last three but um if he i'm hoping he plays you know 70 to 90 and that that'll pay off um i paid up the 8200 for dimitri payet um hoping that this is his more explosive game i mean he's had 20 points in back-to-back games but um i'd like a little more than that for 8200 i wanted to use use payet but yeah that's getting in the range where it's very difficult I went Payet over Alexis Sanchez. Um, that's basically what it came down to. Um, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I have 
James McLean, who I think is more playable as a West Brom option um, against West Ham. And then um, I paid 2800 for Jack Wilshire. You Which I never him. thought I would ever say in my entire life. You hate him, though. I do. Um, but 2800 and if he starts uh, in that Arsenal midfield against Norwich, I think is is well worth the money, particularly when, uh, you know, I'd have to pay uh, 400 bucks more for Elneny or, uh, you know, 100 bucks more for Coquelin. I, Wilshire offers significantly more upside. Those are my midfields. Oh, and then my forwards. I have three forwards. I have Olivier Giroud in there right now. I only because he's more expensive than Welbeck. I I really want Welbeck, um, but we'll see what happens there. And then I picked uh, Jermaine Defoe at fifty one and Troy Deeney at five thousand. I have three forwards. I have Andy Carroll at five thousand. I had Sacco at one point, and uh, Sacco's at forty two hundred. But I really like that Carroll call. Uh, the hottest forward, and he's only five thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Callum Wilson at four thousand, just because I wanted to mention his name. Yeah, uh, I don't really think so. He'll funny, start. almost did the same thing. <laughs> exactly, I don't think he'll actually start. But you know, there's Connor Wickham available. But I mean, Benikafobi may be playing. There's a lot of other options that are around the same price. So Ed Boyan is forty one hundred. I can pay up the extra hundred dollars for him. There's a lot of options around this price range, is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yes, there. Um, and I have Alexis Sanchez at seventy four hundred. I could, I, I knew I was going to have one of the two of Alexis Sanchez or Dimitri Payet. I tried to have both, but the rest of the lineup was too bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to probably try to do both. Uh, but, but like you said, the rest uh, that's of the lineup... putting a lot of eggs in two baskets. Yes, I think too many eggs is my is my point. <laughs> we wouldn't want that. No, we would not, and uh, I also don't want to put too much strain on this voice, so I am going to end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For Andrew, I am Mike, and again, if we missed anything that we were supposed to talk about, I apologize. I can't remember even where I was yesterday, so please send us a tweet at SportsByGotti, G-O-T-T-I, or at Rotowire Andrew, and we will answer your questions as quickly as we can. Thanks, guys. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.